Welcome to the Fundraising Freedom Podcast with Mary Valoni. I'm your host, Mary Valoni, and this is the place where fundraisers come to be encouraged, empowered, and educated on how to raise more funds and have more freedom. We're in episode 165, and today we're going to be talking about what you need to do to shift your fundraising online. But first, thank you guys so much for the birthday wishes. I definitely felt so much love, <laughs> and I appreciate you all so much much and just the community that we've built over the last few years and just thank you guys a lot. Uh, This has been a a really interesting week. Uh, For those of you who follow me on social media, you may have seen that I got an incredible birthday week. I mean, like I had an insane birthday week. My husband is absolutely amazing. He gave me a gift every single day throughout the week and then it all culminated July 17th, my birthday, uh, where he gave me a new puppy. And so we love Dalmatians and we got the most adorable Dalmatian. His name is Riley and Riley is very unique. Uh, He has one blue eye and one brown eye and he's also deaf in one ear. So many Dalmatians are, they have a challenge with being deaf. He had one ear that was, that he couldn't hear out of. And then he had one brother that didn't couldn't hear out of both ears and so he went to his brother went to Kansas City and we brought Riley home to St. Louis from uh, Springfield Missouri is where we got him but anyways he is adorable and he's so much fun but little did I know that six days later after we got this puppy um, my oldest dog Coda got really sick and I was actually on a coaching call and I was teaching and life was the day was normal everything was fine and then I I got a text and I usually get texts from my husband while I'm working, even though we both work in the same house. But he texted me and said that my dog had started to pee blood and he was really concerned. And so he took a sample over to the vet and that just spiraled very quickly. And before I knew it, our our 15-year-old dog had 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 really taken a turn and so um so we ended up having to say goodbye to him this last week and huh why is it so hard to lose pets, right? (laughs) Like they are, I mean, this dog has been with us for, you know, 15 years of our life. And, you know, Gino and I have been married for 19 years. And so he has been an essential part of my journey. This dog loved huge. And I talk about losing my dad. And I talked about that on the last episode. And this dog, oh, I mean, crazy. He knew whenever I was sad or anything, if my emotions had changed in any way, like that guy, he was right up in your face, uh, making sure that you knew that you were loved and that he was there for you. And so anyways, today's episode, I'm just going to give a um, just a lot of love to my puppy Coda and just thank you guys for the condolences and just the comments that you guys shared with us. And many of you have pets in your family and you know how important they are to your entire family. So I appreciate that so much. And, you know, we've got two great Dalmatians now, and I never realized how much work my senior dog was. But um, once he was gone, I just, I knew he was in a better place and, and he's still with us. You know, I can still, I went to the park the other day, which I love, you know, going for walks at Forest Park in St. Louis. And I just uh, could just feel him there, you know, so it was really, really beautiful. But anyway, so thank you guys so much for the birthday wishes and for um, the thoughts and prayers that you sent our way for the loss of our dog. 
Dakota. So anyways, well, today I'm talking about online and, you know, you guys and I communicate a lot online and we may and probably did meet online. So I, I think that this is important that we start having the conversation and really shift our thinking from these face-to-face events that we're so used to over to online fundraising and how do we still build relationships and still communicate and engage donors in the online space. So first of all, I just want to share a few statistics with you guys. Really, a lot of this is going to be coming from the nonprofit source and then also from the Global Trends and Giving Report, which they usually come out every couple of years. Well, the stats that we have right now are from a couple of years ago. So just so you know, like these, this information isn't from yesterday. Uh, this is information that's been tallied and compiled over the over the last couple of years. So one thing that I that really jumped out at me when I was looking at this was that only 3% of charities, when they were doing this study, only 3% of charities rated their board and executive leadership as being digitally savvy. 3%. Which means that we are used to, and this is very common and very normal, in the fundraising space and in the nonprofit sector, we pride ourselves on relationships. We pride ourselves on face-to-face communication, on building relationships with people in person, over the phone, making sure that we actually are a part of their lives and they're a part of ours as volunteers. So a lot of times our donors are coming into our offices, they're coming and volunteering their services and their time. So we're used to that kind of communication with our donor base. So this doesn't surprise me that 3% of charities feel like their board and executives are not digitally savvy. They haven't had to be in the past. Well, we are in a new time. This is a new day and we are now in a season where we have to be digitally savvy. We have to fundraise online. So today's conversation, uh, we really want to talk about how do we, what do we need to do to shift our fundraising over into the online space? So I'm going to share five different things for you guys to be thinking about and how we can make sure that this happens. I know many organizations that I talk to, they really do want to shift their donors over from event fundraising, you know, where it's like, we are expecting them to show up physically to a fundraising event every single year in order for them to give to our organization. And you know, if you have put on an event in the past, you know how stressful that is. You are freaking out because you you have to pay attention to the weather, you have to pay attention to other social events that are going on. Always afraid of, okay, what if a family issue pops up in their lives and then all of a sudden our largest donors can't show up to our fundraisers. That is detrimental to a fundraising, a physical fundraising event is when your top donors do not show up or do not get engaged. They get bored, they get tired of it, and they shift away from your fundraising event. So today's conversation will help us shift away from that because in the end, your donor should never get burnt out from giving to your cause, right? We wanna be consistently a part of our donors' lives. We are where they are. And you know and I know that our donors are hanging out on social media. Our donors are online. They're shifting all of their business 
business to the online space as well. Many brick and mortar stores are shifting online as well. So you've seen all of these stores starting to shut down. So our corporate donors that maybe you're used to, they have had to make those those changes as well. So nobody's going to fault you, right? Everybody's going to expect that you're going to make this shift as well. So number one, I want you to start thinking about where are your people? Where are your people hanging out? If you really sit back and think about it, where are the donors hanging out that you want to spend time with? Are they on social media? And if they are on social media, which I guarantee you that they probably are, which ones are they hanging out on? Which social media platform do we need to hang out on more? Now, I went to a conference a year ago called Social Media Marketing World in San Diego, and one of the the sessions that I sat through was so profound to me because I know that it's really it's really easy to want to be in all places. There are so many different social media platforms. So we're like, oh, I want to be on everything. We need to have a social media presence everywhere. Now, I agree that you need to have a presence and you need to be found online, but I don't believe that you have to be on every single platform. Now, I'm going to tell you, majority of your donors are going to be on Facebook statistically, that is where your donors are going to be. It's an older demographic. It's a place where you can actually engage donors a little bit further. When you think about Instagram and some of these other places, Twitter and you know YouTube and the others, there is it's really just like a snippet. They're looking at your information and they're moving on. But when you think about Facebook, they're actually engaging more in comments and responding and you're bouncing back. It's a little bit slower of a social media platform. So it allows you for that conversation. People also use Facebook Messenger quite a bit. So that allows you to chat and go back and forth. Now, I all the other ones have that too. I'm not saying that you can't have success in the other platforms. I'm just telling you statistically, Facebook is going to be your number one platform. So I'm going to encourage you to pick one. And if you do find that your demographic is a little bit younger, if the the people who are funding your organization tend to be younger, then you're going to shift that over to younger social media platforms, which most likely will be Instagram. So that is just something for you to be considering as you're going through this is I want you to think about that. 45%, this was an interesting statistic, 45% of worldwide donors are enrolled in a monthly giving program. So think through this for a second. 45% of worldwide donors are enrolled in a monthly giving program. This is what we want for our donor base. I know that as an organization, you want sustainability. And what, what would happen if all of your contributions came in consistently month after month after month without you having to engage them into these large social gatherings of people? Amazing. It would transform your fundraising. And that's where that's the direction that we're actually all moving towards. If if you notice that a lot of organizations have shifted their fundraising from these one-off gifts, annual gifts that come in through fundraising events and shifting them over into monthly donations and then having that event, that gathering, the virtual event that you virtual event or face-to-face event that you have had in the past 
that is a celebration and it's a way to gather and show, you know, show that you care to your donor base. So I want you to just be thinking about that as you're talking about, you know, finding your people, where are they and how do we want to engage them in the work that we do? So number two, I want you to make a commitment today, make a commitment that you're going to make the shift. And I know that it is hard to shut down something that you're so used to. That is just uh, habits. We're used to going, like we've always done this event. We've always raised funds this way. This is how we do things here. Those sorts of comments have to have to change. And I get it. I mean, I get it. Change is really, really difficult. But today, we're, reality is, is that change is inevitable. And we are in a season where we're, in order to survive, in order for your organization to survive what's going on, you have to make the shift. So please, I want number two, I just want you to make a commitment that you are going to put your energy and you're going to make the shift over into online fundraising, okay? All right, number three, let's talk about your email list. It is essential that we grow your email list. Most likely you have, you know, that you already have some sort of way that you communicate with your donors, but right now email is the new phone book. I mean, that it really is. Email is the new phone book. Email is the the best way to get in front of a potential donor because they have in some way, you know, along the process, they have said, yes, I want to receive communication from you. So this is why our email marketing is really, really important is because people have the ability to opt in and they have the ability to opt out. So we want to make sure that we do permission marketing, not interruption marketing. This is a Seth Godin philosophy that he has shared on many, many times, a New York Times bestselling author, but he talks about permission marketing where we ask for permission to send people communication and to send them information about the work that's being done. So email is at the very core of online fundraising. And this is where we have the ability to get in front of people and really share our messaging in a succinct way, but deliver it right to them. And they have the ability to look at it or not look at it whenever they want to. So email is so important. So I want to make sure that when you're thinking about making that shift to online fundraising, that you start thinking about how do we get more people on our email list. Now I'm, I'm with you on, I, I, email is not, and building out an email list was never something that I really thought about when I first started my business. And when I was working in the nonprofit space, because I was so used to gathering people in small groups and getting them face to face. But when you don't have that face to face time with them, you have to find a way to send them information and make sure that everybody stays in the loop. And the best way to do that is through email. Now, okay. Email, is number one and then your social media platform so i'm going to use the example of facebook for today's conversation so we're going to marry those two together so everything that i'm sending out in my email then i'm giving more information in facebook or through my social media platforms. So that allows me to give them even more information about what's going on through social media. Now this is where when you're emailing i recommend that you communicate once a week. And this is what I typically do is that I communicate once a week through email. And then I follow that up with social media posts. 
and communication that I have in private Facebook groups. So those private Facebook groups allows you immediate connection to people and it gives them a chance to say, hey, this is a private and this is a, uh, a safe space for you to ask questions, for you to get information about what's going on with our organization and what's going on in your lives. So those private Facebook groups are really important. Sometimes people say, well, should I have a, a Facebook page? Should I use my personal page? Should I use a private Facebook gr- a group? And I'm just going to let you know, there's, there is a reason, there's a, a benefit to each one of those. And I think it's really important that you do have all three. You know, I have my own personal Facebook page where I post just general information. This is where you might've seen information about the passing of my dog or, you know, updates as far as, you know, my birthday celebration and stuff like that, where it's just, it's personal information, but I also weave in there information about fundraising and what I do to let people know, here's how you can communicate with me. But then once you and I connect, that's when we take our relationship to the next level and that's where we start to work together. And that's when the private Facebook group comes into play is that once you're engaged in the work that I do, then we're going to move over into those private Facebook groups because now we're in relationship together and you have given me permission to communicate with you in that medium. So private Facebook groups, really, really important. And this is where we share insider information. This is where we're really a community and a tribe. And this is where your people, you really do hang out. Now I'm going to shift over to the the Facebook page. So the Facebook page is really the only way that you can market, that you can post ads on Facebook. So those ads, you may say, Hey, we want to, we want to, do a sponsored page, you know, to like basically to market out to people who might be interested in the work that we're doing. So maybe we're going to post a video or maybe we're going to share about an upcoming activity that we're doing, a free resource, something that could help the population of people that you serve. You may want to use that that Facebook page to post ads and to share those more general pieces of information to the public. I will tell you, Facebook is smart, okay? All of these places, if you have a business or that, that page, that Facebook page, they wanna make money off of you. And so they're gonna make you pay to get access to people who are following you. So many times people are like, I don't have very much traffic on my Facebook page, you know, the business page that I have. Well, it's because Facebook wants you to pay for those ads. So that's why your personal page and the private page are so important, the private group, okay? So make sure that you you know the game, okay? You you know how Facebook is running their, their machine and make sure that you know how to play that same game. So that's why... I tend to post a lot on my personal Facebook page because I know that I have thousands of people who are watching what I'm doing on a personal level, but I'm not doing a ton of pitches and pushes to join the stuff that I'm a part of, but I am driving traffic over to my podcast or over to free resources that I do like this so that we can build relationships you know, a relationship and get to know each other. Now, look at this. This is all online. You and I. Think about our journey. We met, we connected, we're, we're engaging all online. So we're not to say that there's anything wrong or anything uh, that you should be concerned about as you make this shift. You're still gonna do life together and it's still beautiful. I mean, I 
I mean, I feel like I'm more connected to people who I met online sometimes than I to people who I've met in person. For those of you guys who follow the work that I do with Fully Funded Academy and my partnership with Mike Kim, I followed Mike Kim on his podcast for nearly two years before I met him face to face. And I felt like I knew him and he had obviously heard about me through the stuff that I was doing online. And then when we finally met face to face, it was like, we should work together. And it was amazing. Like that was really incredible. But I will tell you, I mean, like almost every single person that I had uh, working in my business and the, the just resources that I was bringing to the table, I had never met those people face to face. They're all social media or online connections. So if you guys have listened to any of my interviews, majority, I would say 90% plus of all of those interviews were online relationships. Those are people that I connected with online and then we jumped on a phone conversation, we talked, we connected, and then we chatted and I brought them onto the podcast. So you do not need face-to-face interactions in order to build relationships, to increase your donor base and get people to actually fund the work that you do. So you know that, how many times have you purchased something online without ever having a relationship with the person on the other side? I, I bet you've done it a lot. and it's especially over the course of the last several months, you've built a lot of relationships online and connected with people. Now I follow on, you know, I'm, I love YouTube. I tend to watch a lot of videos on YouTube and that usually leans more towards, you know, fitness and health and, you know, personal finance. I'll spend a lot of time on YouTube in that space because I was like, I, I just really like to consume information that way, but I am less likely to engage when I watch a YouTube video. I'm less engaged to or less likely to engage with that person and that's not what youtubers are looking for they're looking for views because youtube pays them for those views. So that's why I tend not to lean on YouTube for donor connections because I'm like, they're going to see your information, but the likelihood of them reaching out is less when it comes to something like YouTube and those other media, social media platforms. So I'm really pushing and driving traffic over to Facebook and over to email because I know that those are two formats that will allow me to actually engage with people. So I hope you can see that. So Number three, I said, grow your email list. And I, I could harp on the email list for a long time, but you guys know that you get emails in your inbox all the time. And when you see somebody's name show up in your inbox, they just become top of mind. So I, I tell people to don't feel bad if your click rates are not great. If people are not opening all of your emails, don't freak out about that because there's so many elements to online marketing and online messaging is that when they see your post on Facebook, when they see your message in their inbox and email, you become top of mind. And so you're more likely for them to to think about the next time when they're going to give a charitable donation, they're more likely to think about you. That, and that's what we want. We just want to be top of mind when people are looking at and considering their gift. So, okay. So the fourth thing was communicating frequently. And I kind of hit on that here in this last conversation, but the more we can communicate, the better. Now we are in the nonprofit sector. I know that you guys are really sensitive. You're really, really sensitive to not bothering people. That is something that many of us have a problem with is that it's like, we don't want to pick up the phone and 
call people all the time because we don't want to be a bother. We don't want to be annoying. We don't want them to stop receiving our phone calls or stop responding to us. But here's the problem about if you don't communicate and you only, let's just say you only communicate with people when you want money, they know that and they don't like it. You don't like it. You don't like it when somebody reaches out to you and you know the only reason why you're reaching out to me is because you want something. You know, there's that family member, there's that friend in your life where you're like, every time the phone rings, you're like, oh shoot, what do they want now? And that is what we're trying to avoid when it comes to reaching out to our donor base. So online communication and our social media, all this stuff that we're doing, emails, social media, any of this communication that we're doing online reminds people that we're human. It reminds people that we're doing business all year round, that we are inviting them in and engaging them in communication all year round. So this is why it's important to communicate more frequently. When you think about a family member, a friend, somebody that you truly do care about and you do love, you are in communication with them a lot. And that's what I'm trying to get across here is that as you shift over into online fundraising, we have to communicate a lot more than what we're used to. Because when you have that meeting and you meet with them face-to-face, you're not going to get many face-to-face meetings because you're asking for a lot of their time. But when we're talking about social media and we're talking about online space, you're not asking for a lot of time. You're asking for seconds and sometimes minutes. So when they look at that email, that's why I'm like, don't give them the laundry list email don't go so elaborate on their email because we only have less typically the the statistic is is that we have less than 7 minutes this is why ted talks and all of those they have condensed down their messaging you know and made these really compact communication pieces because they know how we are today We're on information overload for the most part. So we've only got a few seconds or a few minutes to engage that donor in the online space. Otherwise, we're gonna lose them. And we wanna make sure that when we say something, it's something that's worth saying. You got that? It's gotta be something that's worth saying. Do not say something just to say it. Don't waste my time. Okay, that's what we want to make sure that we're doing as we're communicating is make sure every single message that you send out has a reason, has a purpose. So you guys know in the beginning of this, of every single podcast, I say, I want to encourage you, I want to empower you, and I want to educate you. Those are my three most important things that I believe in and is a part of my mission statement as Mary Valoni Consulting. So when I post on social media, you better believe I'm focused on those three things. I'm either going to post something that's going to encourage you, that's going to empower you, or that's going to educate you. So even as I talk about some of the things that's happening in my life, you know, sometimes they're sad. You know, I mean, I lost my dog, like that's sad, but I also want to encourage in that moment that it's like, you may have lost somebody too. You may have been a part of something that was tragic and, and sad as well. And we're in this together. So a part of what I'm posting sometimes is, is really reminding you that I'm, I'm here with you and we're in this together. And so 
I appreciate the fact that you're encouraging me and I'm encouraging you back. Win-win relationship. So the fact that so many of you wish me a happy birthday or sent me a message, that's because we're in relationship. That's, that's how we do this. So that's where the give and take back and forth. And that is my final one today. So find your people. That was my first one. I want you to find your place where people are hanging out on social media. I'm going to recommend Facebook to make a commitment to make the shift over to online fundraising. Three, grow your email list. Four, communicate frequently. And the fifth one here is I want you to start giving and stop taking. Start giving, stop taking. Now, none of us want to think that we are takers, that we're just on social media to take, 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 take. But you know that when you're on social media, you sometimes feel that way, that you're like, I feel like when I ask, when I'm on social media, I'm always asking for money or I'm always asking people to be a part of what I'm doing. So stop it, (laughs) okay? Stop it. Today, I'm gonna ask you, stop taking. When you post something on your social media or when you're sending out an email, think about how you can give to the person who's on the other side. What are they going through? What problems are they dealing with? What are you providing that's a resource or a solution to the problems that are out there? So I know, like, look at my, what I do here. The problem is, is that you need to raise more money. (laughs) You as a fundraiser, you are trying to keep your mission afloat during the season. So your problem is, is you need more money. And my solution is, is I know how to help you. (laughs) So I'm, what I'm, trying to send out to the world is I'm trying to say that I have a solution for you. I have a book. I have a seven-step process. I have resources that are available. This podcast is free. There's resources that I put out that are free. I have a free checklist. I have a free workbook. So I'm trying to provide resources to you so that you can get the help that you need. And then you can also pass it along to other people who need help as well. And that's what you want to do when it comes to online fundraising as well. What solution are you providing to the population that you serve? Now, you don't have to be the answer to everybody's problems, but I want people to immediately think, oh, John, John has the solution to that problem. You need to know John. Why are you not involved in the work that they're doing, right? You want other people to immediately think about you and say, you know what? I need to connect you to my friend because I think that you guys could help each other. And that's the beauty of social media is once you start to make those connections and you really clearly communicate the work that you do, people will start to connect you with like-minded people. They'll say, oh my gosh, I love your Facebook group and -and so-and-so needs to be a part of this. You should invite them in or let me make that connection and invite them to join your Facebook group because you are posting so many great resources and you're, you're helping this population of people that a lot of people care about. And so like I may, you know, one of my clients works with homeless youth. Okay. So when I think about that, I'm like, well, who doesn't want to help the homeless during this season? Like who wants to sit on the street corner and see somebody stand next to them with a sign that says hungry, need a job, need food, please help. God bless. Like nobody wants to see that. So what solution do you have to that problem? How can you help resource me so that I can help those people? Maybe there's people that are hungry right now or, you know, people in the school system. There's a lot of ups and downs. And how can you use the resources that you already provide inside of your organization? 
organization, but help that population, help the donor base, help the general public to navigate through things that you're already so good at. So there's a lot of ways that you can give back and you can provide resources and just say, hey, we're here to serve because that's really what you're here for. That's why our nonprofits exist is because you're here to serve a population, but you are equipped, you are an expert, you know things that other people don't know. So share that on social media, share that in your emails and let people know how they can engage and how they can be a part of the work that you're doing. So that's why a lot of the communication that you want to put out there is just these small little stories, these small opportunities for people to just get a glimpse into the work that you're doing. Uh, Reciprocity is a really beautiful thing. Reciprocity is all about, I help you, you help me. And when I give you something like a free resource or uh, information that really helps you, you can't help but want to tell other people or want to help me in return. That's how relationships work. And so when you put out those free, the free resources out to the public and you say, you know what, I don't know if you've thought about this, but here's something that you can do that's really simple, a simple way that you can help a neighbor or you can help a family member during this season. And it's something that's really tied close to your organization because, hey, we do this every single day and it works. When you do that, when you share that information, they immediately come back and say, thank you so much. That worked. (laughs) Magically, it worked because you know that it's going to work because you do it inside of your organization all the time. So that's where I just want to see how much valuable information you have to share with the world and just take a few minutes to think through how can I help other people during a season that they really they're they're maybe dealing with mental you know challenges just like you know whatever depression anxiety stress all those things that you're used to living and working in because of the population that you serve so i just want to push that and encourage you to start giving and stop taking nobody wants to be a taker if you feel bad about asking for money it's because you're in that space of taking all the time so reciprocity go serve as many people as you can and in return they will want to help you they will turn around and say well tell me more about the work that you're doing so remember no relationship no conversation starts off with how can i give you money no nobody does that you know i mean like on a rare occasion you have somebody who's just like hey i'd like to give to your organization i'd like to give to you without having a whole lot of communication in advance but more than likely you have had to reach out have conversation with them share about the work that you're doing put it out to the public and let them self select to say you know what i want to hear more about the work that you're doing and then give them the opportunity to do that so all right i love this stuff. I love that we're being challenged to shift our thinking over. Uh, This is not easy stuff, and I'm not going to sugarcoat this and say that it is, but we have to make this shift. We have to. And if you hadn't prior to COVID-19, well, we are being forced to now, which is not a bad thing because studies show, statistics show that people are shifting over. And I want to share one last thing with you guys before we wrap is that based on the 2018 Global Trends and Giving Report, they sh- they did statistics on millennial donors, on Gen X donors, and on baby boomer donors, okay? So most of the time we're looking at those baby boomers because that's the older generation that has more money to give. But I just want you to see millennial donors, Gen X donors, and baby boomers, when it comes to how they want to give, 
across the board, 55% of of millennials, 55% of Gen X donors, and just a slight percentage difference, but 54% of baby boomers want to give their gifts online. Are you hearing me? Right in that 55% range, they want to give their money online. This is why our websites have to be up and running. This is why we've got to be active on social media, why we have to be in our email inboxes and make sure that there's a, a donor, a giving opportunity on every single email that we send out. Now, I'm not saying do the big blue donate button at the bottom of your of your emails. I'm saying do a little line that says looking for giving information, click here. Ha. Huh. Okay. So it doesn't have to be the major part of your message. Just at the very bottom, looking for giving information, click here. That is my very favorite way to ask for money. But I just want you to see that, that only, and when you look at these statistics, less than 20% of millennials, Gen X donors, and baby boomer donors want to give their money by cash or check. Okay. So that's where, you know, we think that a lot of people want to write checks, but they don't. And I'm going to tell you too, that 55% of these donors across the board, the, the high wealth donors that, that are giving significantly, 55% of them want to give online. (laughs) Okay. So majority of people are, they are on board. They are ready to give and donate online. So let's go engage them. Let's go build relationships, meet them where they're at and invite them to be a part of the work that we're doing. So that's how we're going to make the shift. All right. Find your people on social media, make a commitment to make the shift, grow your email list, communicate frequently and start giving and let's stop taking. Okay. All right. There you go. Hey, I have one last resource for you. Here I am talking about resources. So I want to give you one last resource on my fundraising freedom Academy page. So fundraising freedom academy.com. This is my program that I, I lead where I help nonprofits raise money and it's all about signature fundraising. And I'm going to tell you, I've, everything is shifted. And when I talk about signature fundraising, I am talking about online fundraising. Okay. So all of this that I do in fundraising freedom Academy is at fundraisingfreedomacademy.com, but I have a free training for you guys. Okay. So I did a training just, I just recorded this. I wanted to make sure that you had a free resource, not only for you, but for your board and for anybody else that's on your team that needs help. And it's the seven steps, every six successful fundraiser needs to know. So that training is live right now at fundraisingfreedomacademy.com. I'll have a link in the show notes for you, but that resource is ready for you. Seven steps every successful fundraiser needs to know. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I want to be a successful fundraiser and I'm sure you do too. So I give you all the details in there and it's free. It's absolutely free. So go check that out at fundraisingfreedomacademy.com and just start today. Make that commitment. Like I said, start today, start shifting your stuff over and don't don't feel like you are somehow bailing on your previous fundraisers. It's okay. You know, somebody somewhere along the line thought that it was a good idea to start up those fundraisers. And now today you have made a commitment that you're going to make the shift and you're going to do your fundraising in a new way that's most effective for today. So, all right. Love you guys. Hope you have a great week. Let's go change the world one volunteer and $1 at a time. 